Psalm 51, verse 9 through 19, these are God's words. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit, sorry, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure, to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. Last week in the first eight verses of the psalm, uh, we were reminded that the reason we are sinners, the reason we have guilt of which we need to be forgiven and remaining sinfulness from which we need to be delivered and of which we need to be cleansed uh, is because we came into this world as sinners to the core from the moment of our conception which is a great proof remember that a man is a man or a boy or a girl is a human uh, at the moment they are conceived because they're sinners already at that moment. And so we desperately need this new heart that God requires. Uh, and in order to have that new heart, God has to create one for us. Uh, verse 10, create in me a clean heart. Uh, he uses, uh, there are many words that you can, that you can use. And uh, the most commonly used word for create is a word that means make. Uh, and then after that, a word that means fashion. And one of the lesser common words that is used for create in the Old Testament is bara, which some of you, when we had our Hebrew class, maybe remember, breshit bara Elohim et hashamayim ve'et ha'aretz. Bara being to create out of nothing, the kind of creation that God does in Genesis 1.1. Uh, so... We don't have uh, uh, a mostly messed up but uh, able to be renovated heart uh, for God to work with. We need him to barah, to create from nothing, a clean heart for us. The problem is, we don't deserve it. And so, before we can be given a new heart, we need atonement for our sins. So he says, hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Uh, 
Uh, it was necessary that God would decree uh, the righteousness and sacrifice of Jesus as the God-man, that the Son uh, would bear our sins upon himself uh, in order uh, for him to give anyone uh, whom he was saving ever a clean heart, a new heart. And we see part of, we see this truth uh, partly also in verse 18 when he's, uh, when David has uh, completed the part of the prayer that is especially uh, individual and personal, private between himself and God, he then comes in verse 18 uh, and he asks God to do the same with all of his elect, with all of his people. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. You see how he grounds the hope or the cause or the the reason for the good that God does, not in uh, something redeemable or offered from the man that is good, but because God is good and he is pleased to make full atonement for men so that he, God in his goodness, can give us a new heart. We need clean hearts from God, and therefore we need forgiveness. And how much David uh, needed this forgiveness, he would cry out in verse 14 of our passage, Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. He was a murderer, and he had murdered to cover up adultery. How great was his guilt! How great was his need for a new heart! How could he receive forgiveness? How could he receive new heart? Because the God who was his Savior, greater than his guiltiness, greater than his sinfulness, even someone who committed the sexual sin of adultery and covered it up with a murder because of the greatness of God's determination to save, his good pleasure from verse 18, the greatness of God being the personal Savior and the greatness of his power to save, the God of my salvation, 14, the greatness of God's forgiveness and the means by which he has made that forgiveness, the atonement of Christ. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities, verse 9. Praise God for how all of the greatness of the salvation that we need from him um, is in him himself and none of it comes from us in fact we need him to create for us fresh a new heart but this new heart is created for us not just so that we can have a fresh start but so that we can uh, fulfill the purpose for which we were originally created and then from which we fell you remember uh, when we were thinking about bearing God's name weightily upon us uh, in the evening sermon yesterday, we remembered the great weightiness of God's name on Adam and Eve, being the ones who are made in his image, the ones who are little pictures of God to the rest of the creation, uh, and how we all sinned in, in Adam and fell in Adam uh, when he wanted his purpose to be uh, to glorify himself and to enjoy himself forever. Uh, he especially enjoyed, uh, I think, that, that 
uh, lie of the devil when he said, you shall become like God. And so we have sinned in Adam and fell in Adam from the purpose of praising God. And so when the David here in Psalm 51 is asking God to do a new work of creation, create in me a heart that isn't like the heart of Adam, the one that sinned in and fell in and died in Adam, creating me a heart that's like the heart of Jesus. In our redemption, God does a new work of creation to fulfill the same purpose as the original work, that we would praise him, that we would glorify him, that we would enjoy him. Uh, and so he says, uh, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. So uh, if God does this new creation work, giving him a new heart, the Holy Spirit, giving him uh, joy by saving him, the, the true joy of knowing God and glorifying God and enjoying God, this generosity of the Spirit in verse 12, right? God isn't being selfish, although there's nothing wrong with God doing everything for himself. He's God. Everything is from him and through him and to him. But God isn't being selfish when he gives us his spirit to create a new heart in us that says, I enjoy God more than anything else. God isn't being selfish. He's being generous because that is the greatest joy. And its object has an infinite capacity to satisfy. And so he says, if you do this, Lord... The, my, the way I will respond to this work, the reason I need you to do this work in me is just so I can have a fresh start, but so that I can fulfill that original purpose for which I was created, so that I can fulfill that purpose for which I was redeemed. Verse 13, I will teach transgressors your ways. Sinners shall be converted to you. You'll be glorified not only as the creator, but now the redeemer. Uh, and then verse 14, my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. So if you are a believer in Jesus, the reason he saved you is to give you the joy and the dignity and the fulfillment of someone who praises God to himself and praises God to others and is used by him to bring others even more and more into the praise of God. And so now he's thinking about the worship service, right? The, the worship service is where we especially uh, do, verse 13, I will teach transgressors your ways, uh, and verse 14, I will, my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness, and verse 15, my mouth shall show forth your praise. And he thinks about the worship service, and he says, what God wants in the worship service is not so much the uh, the sacrifice, the bowls that he talks about in the burnt offering and the whole burnt offering in verse 19. He wants our hearts. He wants our hearts saying, there was nothing good in me at all. It was all from God, all from grace. Even the, the bulls that we bring and slaughter and, and the lambs and we cut their throats and the blood pours out and we catch it in the bowl and we splatter it on stuff. God doesn't like all that gross stuff. It's a display to us of his own son and Jesus's infinite righteousness and infinitely valuable sacrifice. And when we come with those things, David says, what we're coming with is really saying, 
bulls can't do it and, and don't do it. And not even anything in myself can do it. Well, I come to God. I don't come saying, here, God, here's some good stuff from me for you. Or here, God, there's some good stuff in me for you. Except that God gives you a new heart. And so you say, here, God, here's some good stuff from you in me for you. And he sees that broken heart and the contrite spirit. And he is pleased with it. The broken heart and the contrite spirit, of course, don't decide how to worship. So it's not um, it's not the burnt offering uh, that is so pleasing. And, and David, of course, uh, having realized the greatness of this, he is eager for the worship assembly to come and to be those who are not here to offer the animal carcass that's getting burnt up on the altar but who, because God has given this animal carcass as a mechanism, as the action through which gathered people who realize that they have nothing in themselves from themselves but sinfulness, and that God has all goodness in himself, and that the God who has that goodness in himself has been pleased to save sinners, both so that their guilt can be wiped out and that they can have a new heart and that they can fulfill their purpose of delighting in him, of having that infinitely greater joy than could ever be had in a creature because it's in the creator, the redeemer, the God of their salvation. David realizes this is so much bigger than me. I desire for God to get glory, not just from my lips, but I desire for God to get all of the glory that he has designed for himself to get and to give all of the joy to all of the people that he has designed to save, and to whom he has determined to give that joy. And so it, it goes from the very individual and personal offering to God your, your broken spirit and your sorry heart. And I hope you have that individual and personal experience with God frequently in your life and especially in the Lord's Day Assembly, but it goes from that very individual and personal in verse 17 to very suddenly in verses 18 and 19, that corporate and massive and eternal and heaven and earth and Zion now uh, being, and Jerusalem now being not just a city on uh, a good-sized hill uh, in Palestine, but being representative of all whom the Lord would ever save, and that new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness would dwell, and where the knowledge of God covers the earth as water covers the sea. Pop quiz, Ezekiel. How much of the sea is covered by water? All of it, right? It's a stupid enough question, that, uh, or an obvious enough question. Uh, the, that uh, it almost um, isn't, uh, you, you think it must be a trick. All of it is covered. So David desires at the end of the song, and we should desire, when we come to him with that broken heart and that sorry spirit, and, and we realize how completely we're forgiven, uh, and uh, how the every good impulse that's in us has been given as a gift from him, and, uh, and all um, 
and all that he has done for us. We want him to get all the glory that is due to him. And we want all of his uh, generous uh, de desires and determinations, plan uh, of salvation to be fulfilled. And so we love the corporate worship. We love the gathering of the assembly as on the Lord's day. All these people who know this gospel, uh, honoring the God who saved them and receiving his working in them, even in the midst of the assembly. And we look forward to that great assembly on the last day. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for bringing us back round in your providence to this passage again. One of the places where we can see so clearly and so powerfully how great a Savior you are, how great is the salvation you have given us, and how great is the purpose for which we have been saved to bring you honor and glory and praise forever. We pray that you would increase our faith, that you would assure us uh, of our forgiveness and our peace with you and your love for us, that you would grow us in grace, in delighting in you by the work of your Holy Spirit, and in desiring that you would be honored and praised, and that all for whom you have determined to do this, uh, that all of them would be brought in, that all of us uh, would be sanctified and glorified uh, until with perfected souls and resurrected glorious bodies uh, we worship and serve you to unending ages. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.